Shannon doesn't know that this message is in the podcast. All right, so this is a special message pre-episode, but I wanted to say happy six-month podcast anniversary to my podcast partner, Shannon. It's been six months since we released our first episode. It's been longer than that since we started talking and planning and all of that, but I wanted to say thank you so much for taking this journey with me. And you are a very, very special person. I love having you in my life. And I forgive you for not bringing me flowers for our anniversary. (laughs) Just kidding. All right. I love you. I will talk to you next time. Afterward, she thought that she had maybe done it because she was too afraid. Sometimes bad ideas were so bad, they looped right around until they became good ideas. From the Opal Short Story by Maggie Stiebotter. Hi, I'm Shannon. And I'm Navita. And, and we're, we're the, the Raven, Raven Girls. Girls. Welcome to our Raven Cycle Podcast. Where we talk about two dysfunctional teenagers and their manic pixie dream goat. <laughs> Girl. Girl. Manic pixie. And so today we're talking about the Opal Short Story, which was released with the Raven King paperback. No deep dive this time, folks. If you have listened to our other special episodes, you know that... Our special episodes tend to be more conversational. It's going to be discussion questions. It will not be a beat-by-beat analysis. It will just be us kind of talking about the themes, some quotes, some overarching things that we liked and didn't like about the story, that sort of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. And we'll still have connections in with the Raven cycle as a cycle. Mm-hmm. So you still want to have read stuff before listening. And probably want to read the short story before you listen to this. So. Yep. We will use pronunciations from the audiobooks. And page numbers are referenced from the paperback editions where available. Which and is they're all, all now available. <laughs> a disclaimer from me. This podcast has a teen plus rating. There will be canon levels of adult content, including Ronan swearing, 300 Foxway drinking, Kavinsky lewdness, and no gray man no violence. No gray man violence. All right, let's get into the episode. I am super excited about this one. I'm also super excited. We are pumped. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we will bring some new stuff to you guys. If you have read it, you know that it's basically really charming. It's and... very charming. <laughs> so we were extremely lucky. We actually got the short story a little while before it was released. Uh-huh. So it's been a long time. You and I really have not sat down and talked about this. We have not at all. So this will be our first time other than going, oh my God, this is so great. Like in text, we have not discussed our feelings about this story. Right. We obviously have notes, but we haven't really shared those with each other. So I would like to take just a short break and just do some squeeing. Insert elevator music here. (laughs) All right. We're just going to go. Navita's going to be so happy because I really, really, really want to read the Dreamer trilogy now. (laughs) I am happy about that. I am so excited. Yes. So, and we'll obviously get into the Dreamer trilogy and how we feel it will tie in with the Raven cycle after this short story. Characters, obviously, the main characters of the short story are Opal, Adam, and Ronan. Opal! (laughs) Yeah, we actually have. Yeah. 
<laughs> we actually have not introduced Opal because she hasn't come up in the narrative. Right. But if you've read it, which if you are listening to this and have listened to our disclaimer, we hope that you have read The Raven Cycle. You know who Opal is. So we're not going to bother doing an introduction of Opal because it's too much. Suffice to say, the only character we really care about to talk about in this introduction would be Cloud Lady. Cloud Lady. Oh, my God. Cloud Lady. Oh, so sad. I feel so bad for Opal about it, too. Well, I mean, I just... Okay, I was just like, this lady's rad. Because <laughs> she's reading smutty books. I know. <laughs> I'm just like being like, openly like, mm, my food is so good. <laughs> I loved the romance novels with the, know. you know, men who have no possessions, including <laughs> shirts, except sometimes they had another man and sometimes a woman and sometimes both. But I'm just like, and even though Opal has no idea, we absolutely do. <laughs> I'm like, that is an old grandma who is just like chilling with her life. And that is her thing. And you go, girl. You go, cloud lady. You read them smut books. All right. Basic synopsis of the Opal short story. I said it's part snapshot of day-to-day life at the barns, part magical supernatural mystery, and all adorable goat girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Honestly, my comment was the joke that I made at the beginning of the episode, which was manic pixie dream goat. Yes. (laughs) Also, as kind of a side note, you've seen the opal animation that Maggie's daughter did. Yes. That pretty much was running through my head through the whole story with her with the briefcase, uh-huh. like the little sunglasses, all sassy. Flippin' adorable. I was like, this is ridiculous. So, yeah, as far as an overall overarching storyline, unfortunately, it's not unfortunately, but it really is just snippets of events that happen pretty much from, I would say, late winter, very, very early spring to the end of summer. And it's so it's happening pretty much directly or within a month or so after the events of the Raven King. Mm -hmm. And then it actually would overlap with the events of the epilogue. So there is a point in the short story where the epilogue would have been inserted and that's graduation day. And Mm -hmm. then things happen in the short story after the epilogue during the summer. I found that interesting, sort of the timing of where the short story fell. Right. And just kind of how it showed a progression from the direct events after the Raven King to like when Adam has to leave for school. So overall impressions of the story from your perspective. From my perspective? Yeah. I love, 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 loved it. Yeah. It's like, I feel like having it be from Opal's point of view made this story much more effective. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if we were seeing the arguments between Adam and Ronan from one of their perspectives, it wouldn't have been as interesting because we wouldn't have gotten both sides of the story. Uh-huh. But we have it from Opal's point of view, which means the mundane life, the animal stuff, as she calls it, you kind of have to piece together like she does. Right. So I feel like that gets you more to the heart of what's going on. 
Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, you also get her wisdom about dream stuff to help you explain some of the supernatural bits. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can totally see that. And also, like, she is so cute. And I feel like, I feel like Maggie was channeling our friend Jay when she wrote this. Because, like... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because, like, just, I don't know that you've ever read any of Jay's writing. I have. There are characters that Jay has played in role-playing games or whatever that are basically Opal. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) So my overall impression was, holy crap. Yes. (laughs) I should not have been as astounded as I was with the detail and the emotions that were packed into 38 pages of story. But somehow, I still was. (laughs) It almost felt like a full book on its own. Yes, there was so much nuance in a character that's not very nuanced. Like, exactly. on the surface, Opal is all reactionary. Mm-hmm. And there was just so much. So much. Mm-hmm. I was really glad to get a closer look at her. Yeah. So did it meet your expectations? Met and exceeded. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I said blew them away, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, it was great as a standalone story, mm-hmm. but it also gave a lot of hints of what's to come in the Dreamer trilogy, mm-hmm. set a lot of stuff up. And, like I was saying before, it gave me a really in-depth look at one of my favorite, if not my favorite, side character from... Right. Mm-hmm. I am definitely an Opal <laughs> fan. And also, like, we get a lot of those domestic Barnes moments that I love so much. Right. Did it meet your expectations? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, it blew them away. But I was expecting some sort of like kind of cute domestic little fluff piece mm-hmm. that happened sometime in the summer. And then Maggie came along and said, nope, and ripped my heart out <laughs> and stomped on it and then picked it up and dusted it off and put it back in my chest, <laughs> put a bandaid on me and said, there, there you go. <laughs> That was Maggie. How could you? (laughs) How could you do that to me? How did you feel about Opal as a point of view character? I really loved it. Mm -hmm. Her narration gave it a very, dare I say, dreamlike feel. Uh (laughs) It was very Alice in Wonderland for me. Mm -hmm. It was Alice in Wonderland esque. And that makes even more sense when you tie that into it being Niall's favorite book. Right. And it made me think of how it may have helped Ronan interpret his dreams as a child. Uh-huh. So how Opal might have come in as a guide from that. Right. And then I really loved objects having actions and emotions. Uh-huh. So there were a couple of quotes like Opal's heart frogged up in her throat and escaped down the hallway. Uh-huh. And the doorknob shook its head no. Yes. And half the bag's contents gladly escaped. Uh-huh. They were all just very big emotions. Right. How about you? I think it worked great, especially for this specific story. Right. Like I mentioned before, I really liked how she makes the mundane more interesting Mm -hmm. and the supernatural more understandable. And I also just, I really love her voice. I feel like as a narrator, she's a weird mix of reliable but alien. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like she's reporting what she's seeing, but she sees it through a different lens. And so that makes you have to look at things a different way and piece things together in a way that you wouldn't have to if it were from the perspective of Ronan or Adam. I actually have something about that, too, if I can interject, because Mm -hmm. in some reviews that I saw, people were upset that everything they ever wanted to know about the end of the Raven cycle wasn't answered. (laughs) And I was like, you guys, there's a maturity in ambiguity. 
the way that it's written, it demands that the reader be willing to put in some of the work. Mm -hmm. And it trusts the reader to put in the work. And it leaves the details open-ended for expansion. Right. And as a stepping stone or sort of intermezzo, I felt like this was perfectly whetting the appetite for the Dreamer trilogy. Yeah. And if you answer every question... There's nothing over. Right, it's over. (laughs) And Maggie has said she wants readers to want more of her stories. Why Mm -hmm. would she answer all of your questions? You're supposed to want more at the Mm -hmm. end. And I liked that a lot. Yeah. Did you have more to add on the POV? No, that's it. Okay, I do have a couple of other things. I would not be able to handle a whole novel like this, number one. I mean, it was great for what it was, but it would I think it would get pretty tiring after a mm. while for me personally. However, I could see a bit here and there in the Dreamer trilogy for flavor. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I did kind of cycling back to something that you said, I felt it was really a clever way of breaking us out of the Raven cycle through mm-hmm. a narrative distance. Right. Like you were saying, especially when combined with things like for example, the phone call from Gansey. Yeah, I was going to talk about that later. Yeah, we, we have a whole section about that. But if it was from Adam or Ronan's POV, similar to like what you were saying, mm. we would expect to know what happened. What, yeah, exactly. Whereas Opal doesn't care. Mm-hmm. It happens. It's something that obviously affects Ronan. She's more invested in the emotionality of Ronan's right. response to the phone calls, not necessarily the content yeah, of the phone calls. She doesn't care. So. No. <laughs> But it really does give us this kind of clean break and distance Mm. in POV that will separate the Raven cycle from what comes next. Right. And then a couple of other things. One of the things that I also really loved, and this is maybe an Easter egg, if you follow some of what Maggie posts, you would already know this. But back when The Raven Cycle was codenamed Magical Novel, when she first started writing The Raven Cycle, Opal was originally named Secret. Ah. So... It gave me kind of a delicious little thrill every time she said, I am a secret. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, and that, that happens was, a lot. It, in yes. Yeah, it happens a lot. And so from some of the Dream Thieves outtakes, for example, Ronan, who is actually named Sean originally. And since this was the dream he always had, it meant that secret would be there. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Secret asked. It's only poison. And then another quote I liked from the outtakes that she had posted was, jerk, secret said. (laughs) I was like, yep, all right, it's pretty much stayed the same. And also just Adam being one of Ronan's secrets at one point, too. Mm -hmm. I liked that a lot. And then we haven't talked about Opal as a character, but I don't know if this is the case, but originally she is called Orphan Girl. And... People have conjectured on where the name Opal came from. And I mean, it's pretty much O-R-P-H-A-N-G-I-R-L. I (laughs) I mean, it's right there. Mm -hmm. It says Opal in her name. (laughs) I don't know if that's the reason why Maggie picked Opal, but I thought that it actually made sense that the name that she would be familiar with from Ronan's Dreaming, that they would have just condensed into something that kind of Opal or Orphan Girl Opal Mm -hmm. sort of sounds the same. For a brief second, I was like, wait, Ronan's birthstone is Opal, but no, October is Opal. November is something else. Well, he could have been born in late October. Ah, that's true. Yes. Because, like, I'm a Scorpio. Right. 
Yes. His birthday would have had to happen sometime the last week of October or first week of November. I actually have done the calculations on this. If given, and I don't have it in front of me, which is going to make me feel awful. If given that the book is set in 2012, Gansey's mother would be up for election. It's an election year that year. Mm -hmm. It said that her election party at Aglinby is very shortly before the election and Ronan his birthday is on Friday because he went to school that day. The next day is Saturday. So I actually had it pinned down to what date it was <laughs> if, if, if the book is set in 2012. And God damn it, I don't think I have that in front of me. But I know exactly what date it is if we are to assume that it's 2012. So I think it was like November 3rd oh, or something okay. like that. But there is the possibility that it could have been the week before, the Friday before that, Mm -hmm. which would put it in Opal Birthstone, I guess. Bring! Editor's note. This is an insert. If The Raven Boys is set in the year 2012, Ronan's birthday would be between the dates of October 22nd, because he's a Scorpio, and November 6th, because that is the election day in 2012. It's a Friday night, so it would be either October 26th or Friday, November 2nd. Bring! I don't know, it was just a thought that crossed my mind. Yeah, no, it's a good one. There are other <laughs> symbolisms of opal, which I didn't do any research on. We will not get into that now. <laughs> All right, next question. Things overall that we liked or what really worked for us? I loved the unique viewpoint seeing this through Opal's eyes gave us. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Opal picks up on so much of Ronan's phrasing and mm-hmm. then uses it in her own way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love how specifically, much... Huh? Specifically your favorite line. Oh. <laughs> There's something wrong with his car called Shitbox. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I love how much story and character growth Maggie managed to pack into 40 pages. Right. Opal gets the most, obviously, but there's a lot for Adam and Ronan, too. Yeah. And there is the assumption that it's happening over about six months worth of time. Right. But But, but still, it's like it's still 40 pages. Yes. Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what about you? Where do I begin? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's like the whole thing works for me. Seriously. Yeah. So some of the things that I liked particularly, I really loved how swept up Opal became in the big emotions. Yes. It's very obvious almost that she's like a toddler who doesn't quite understand what feelings are or how Mm -hmm. to regulate them. Mm -hmm. Um, Opal lives very on the surface with her empathy. And so that gave us some real cues into the emotionality of these two fairly fundamentally broken boys still that are starting to heal together, but Uh they're not. Right. And again, that distance helps us see them healing throughout the story. Right. And the fact that she picked up so much on their emotions was great. She also reacts very much like Ronan at the beginning of the series. Yes. Which is a really good contrast to show how much he's grown. Mm -hmm. He is not that person anymore. Mm -mm. He does not act the way he did at the beginning of The Raven Boys. Right. And one of my favorite quotes was, she was filled with so much bad feeling that she didn't know what to do with herself. She wanted to make Ronan and Adam feel as badly as she did. She wanted to break 
rules. She wanted to break anything. And you're right. That is so Ronin. So Ronin. In fact, it is exactly his thought process Mm -hmm. in the Dollar City when Gansey is talking to Adam on the phone. That is what he thinks there. Mm -hmm. He just wants to break anything because he does not know how to express how he's feeling. I don't think you remembered this, but my thought here was Ronin needs to introduce Opal to Mr. Rogers and what do I do with all the mad that I feel? We're going to have to post a link yes. to a video or something because I was like, uh-huh, sure, yes. I mean, I don't remember Mr. Rogers that much, but yeah. I also really loved something that worked for me, Ronan's first words being, well, that's fucked. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I love that whole story. Uh, About the UPS guy? Yes. (laughs) Why did she eat the eyeballs out of the photograph? Opal, like this is so disturbing. You are such a little creepazoid. You are so fanatically weird. Yeah, I love this. It just... And Rhoda's reaction is like the best. And it's her being like, and then I couldn't see the UPS guy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and just being kind of confused. Like, being like, yeah, that's how it is. I know. I have a, another whole section about that stuff too. But, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I loved that. I thought that was great. And then, of course, something that really worked for me was Ronan and Adam's relationship. being shown in such small ways and we'll talk more about this scene we have another prompt later but like the scene the scene where adam takes the tape from ronan Uh and he twines his fingers in ronan's hand and he's holding ronan and that's just like they have learned what they need to give each other right and that in such a small way really shows that Mm -hmm. and then on the flip side when adam walks like 15 20 miles from work up to the barn and the first thing ronan does is get him a glass of water (laughs) and he's (laughs) mad at adam for doing this and being upset and he slams the glass of water down But he got him a glass of water. Like, it's just, this is what you do even when you're having an argument with your partner. It it reminds me of that picture of the old couple who are obviously fighting and it's raining and he's holding the umbrella over her. Yeah. Yeah. And then just him even taking off his shoes because he wants Mm -hmm. to show Adam that he's there with him in that moment. And more hand-holding. Like, Mm -hmm. just... I don't, you know, it was, oh, I'm going to cry. So many flipping <laughs> moments of just like, so oh, cute. those boys. And then, of course, even better was the fire in the outbuilding. Yes. <laughs> it boys. started out screaming, but then got fun. <laughs> and they're like, that right there shows that these boys are still being wild and destructive together. Uh-huh. They're not grownups yet. They're growing up. Mm-hmm. But they're not there yet. And I thought that was beautiful. <laughs> and I do have more because there are so many so, good things. Yes. Keep going. Um, Adam and Opal together. Yes. I love the way she loves him and like oh, their relationship. And and how gentle he is with yes. her. And how much she loves him. 
And like when he taught her how to swim. Yes. And she was fearless after he taught her. Uh-huh. And him finding her after she got upset about him leaving. Yes. And I was, even after. Yeah, I didn't mention that part too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even after she bites him. Mm-hmm. And so she's physically aggressive with him. And he comes and sits with her and checks in with her mm-hmm. and makes sure that she's okay. Mm-hmm. And. Sometimes the way you are is a pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and Adam saying she was only afraid. Mm-hmm. And Opal being afraid being a reflection of Adam being afraid. Right. And Opal being afraid because he might get old and die without ever coming yes. back. I was like, oh, <laughs> and that's, baby. <laughs> that's Ronan's fear, too. Uh-huh. That he'll never come back. And then Adam saying, I'm coming back. And it's settling her. Right. All right, so things overall that we didn't like. I can't think of a darn thing. I straight up tried and tried. I was like, I can't really think of anything that didn't work, that stood out at me as like, okay, this just doesn't click. This just doesn't fit with what we're going for. Yeah. Could you think of anything? I did have a couple things. Okay. First, I'm sorry, but there is no way, no way, Adam Lizard Sun Parish did not get into his top choice school. Yes. Okay. That was some epic bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Look, I understand this is fantasy or whatever, but let's just take a moment to appreciate how much any school would be drooling over mm-hmm. someone like Adam. It's like with I don't, his life story. I don't care if he was applying to like Harvard or Yale. No. He's getting in. The most unrealistic portion of a story told from the POV of a girl who eats styrofoam <laughs> is that Adam did not get into his first choice. Yeah, I was thinking about that too. And like, yeah, I was like, just so upset. I was, mm-hmm. oh, so upset. <laughs> it's like, that I wouldn't mean, have happened. I, you know, hope bigger and better things and all of that. And we've been promised that we will find out where Adam goes to school. But I was just like, nope, nope, <laughs> nope. And I mean, I realized you had to have some kind of conflict, some kind of like... I know, but Adam... I know, I He understand. was, I mean, top of his class in an IV prep, mm-hmm. you know, and any, any damn interview or essay, entrance, anything... He would have rocked He would have aced... There's literally no way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I don't... It's like any of the rest of them, I could believe, okay, maybe they didn't get their first choice. Yeah. But not Adam. Like, when school was his whole thing. Yeah. Like, it's it's what... It yep. was his driving force. Right. And then there was one other thing. I was somewhat uncomfortable with how hung up Opal was on being punished. And I felt like it was far more of a threat of punishment. Mm-hmm. And that, like, the actual punishments were probably not... Like, her definition of punishment was probably not... It's not that she's getting spankings or anything like that. No, I don't think they ever physically punish her. No, but... And she even hints at the fact that she's normally the one who cleans Ronan's car Uh, as the punishment. Like, she had to do chores, basically. Mm, Which is fine, because, like, I mean, she's going to have to be disciplined. Right. (laughs) And I do go a little bit more into that with themes and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but... It still kind of made me sad, angry, itchy that she was so wound up about being punished. Well, she's such a wild character. Right. And even though her rules were really for, like, the good of everyone, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't particularly believe that rule breaking should just be Mm -hmm. left 
alone. Right. Uh, I was kind of like, oh, Opal, like, this right. is really uncomfortable like, for yeah, me. Yeah, it's like, Ronan's like, oh, well, she's gone completely feral. And Adam's like, she was never tame. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with that, themes or through lines to the short story. One of mine was rules. Mm-hmm. She's very, again, hung up on rules because she's trying to understand this new world. Right. And when to follow them and when to break them and how to manipulate them like in the dream world. Right. And it's obvious that in the household, she's not really given the rules of a child. I mean, mm. children are allowed on the couch whether they've had a bath or not. <laughs> Dogs are not, you know. But she's being given rules not to tame her or break her, but to set boundaries so that right. damage doesn't come to either her or Ronan or right. whatever. I made a note that Ronan kind of sees her as somewhere between an annoying younger sister and a misbehaving, very smart puppy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which we'll actually get into a little bit later as mm. well. Any through lines that you had? There's dream thing versus animal. That is how Opal categorizes everything. Like, that is her way of understanding the world. Right. And you get a different understanding of the characters that we see and even objects that we see Mm -hmm. from looking at it from that perspective. Right. Yeah. Mine was definitely understanding of humanity through observation. Uh Uh-huh. Where do I fit in in this world that is not my own and I cannot control or manipulate the way that I'm used to. Right. One of the things that I had was Opal as a liminal character. Mm -hmm. Like, she is very much in between and with one foot in both worlds in this story. Right. I mentioned death or ending or change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because as much as the dream world changes constantly, constant change is not change. So to have it actually, like with the cloud lady... This was the animal world, and dead things couldn't be living again here. It wasn't like when Ronan was killed again and again in his dreams. The cloud lady wasn't going to be reset and reappear on the bench again the next time Opal came. Yeah, and it's just... Yeah. And then that's the first time she says Opal hated this small animal world and all its small limiting rules. Right. Yeah. That's the moment where she's like, no, this... This is not this, me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Another one that I had was knowing when you've done your best and that that's good enough. Mm-hmm. That's mainly Adam and Ronan, but mm-hmm. there's that through line with the two of them trying to convince each other. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfectionism is not necessarily their best friend. Right. And in fact, may kill them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else? We talked a little bit about secrets before. And that's, and that's how often that comes up. Yeah, that comes up mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like Opal knows that she has to be a secret and <laughs> and she both hates it and she's afraid not to be. Right. And Ronan is partly a secret too. Right. Yeah. And like everybody's keeping secrets from each other and Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much all I had. Okay. What is one question that the Opal story answered from the Raven cycle for you? I have more than one. Oh, I do too, because I was like... We can go back and forth. We uh, can go back and forth. It answers or at least gives us more detail on a lot of stuff. Right. Like, you know, that Adam still has magic and that everybody still stays in touch. And Yeah, I have a section on Adam as well. Mm. How Adam going to college is going to change Ronan and Adam's relationship. Right. I think the one that I found most interesting was the info we get on how dreaming and psychopomps and stuff work. Mm Mm-hmm. 
like you said, it obviously does answer the question of whether Adam was still the magician. Uh-huh. And it is hinted at in the epilogue that he has kind of that otherness behind his eyes when he's talking to his dad. Right. But it's made explicit here. Mm-hmm. And if not the magician, he at least retains some of his abilities. Right. And that something was really woken inside of him and that he is indeed something more. Mm-hmm. And this is excellent. I'm super yes. excited about that because it gives Adam and Ronan parody. Like, both of them right. are magical, not just one. Right. And that's really great for me. And then the other one is kind of a bullshit little detail, but it's bothered me since I finished The Raven King. <laughs> In the epilogue of the Raven King, there's a line that Adam is driving a slick little BMW that smells of Ronin. And it doesn't say Adam is driving Ronin's BMW. So I had kind of hoped that either Ronin had given him the BMW, which he does try. He attempts Uh to do here, obviously. Or that Ronan had dreamed one for Adam. Ah. Um, however, you know, it's probably both, just... It's, both of which are uh, uh, Ronan attempts. Both of which <laughs> is offered. However, it seems like it's just a turn of phrase. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, well, I, I you mm. know, that's okay. Yeah, like I offered to dream him a cure for a ship box, but Adam wanted to do it the right way. And I'm just like, of course he did. <laughs> no, he wanted to do it his way. Uh, well, no, yeah. the, the, the right way was in quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One question the Opal short story poses for the future. Are there any new mysteries? Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I definitely was not expecting the unmaking to happen as a product of not dreaming. Uh Uh-huh. So that took me off guard. And I wonder if that's going to lead Ronan into doing more research. Right. And possibly finding more dreamers. And then I was very curious as to what Ronan was working on on his notebooks and the computer. Yeah, me too. So any theories? I mean, there's no details that we get from Opal's Mm -hmm. POV because she literally says she doesn't know how to read and she's Uh not interested. It's hard to say. Like, I know it seems like what he's been working on the most is Cape's Water. Yeah. But I know he's really worried about getting that just right. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that that would be like... Something that he would do on the computer. Right. Or, yeah. I did also, it's not a new mystery. Maybe it's something that was answered. Maybe it's more of a mystery. But there was a lot more from Opal's POV about how the ley lines worked with the dreaming. Yeah. And... Because it all sounds the same. It literally is dream energy from her. And it brought me back to a quote in Blue Lily, Lily Blue, where it's no wonder Cave's water had been unable to appear until Ronan's father died. Right. Because he was because draining. Because was draining it draining, all the time. Yeah. And then once he passed away, Ronan was able to have the energy to actually manifest Cave's water. Mm-hmm. How about you? I think it sets up like the question of what exactly the new cage water is going to be like, how Adam's magic actually works now. I kind of wondered like exactly how Adam's magic is going to work in the future. Like we know right. that it does now, but right. and also like I think a new mystery is who the heck is the woman who breaks in? Right. Yes, definitely. <laughs> what hints do you feel were dropped to lead into the Dreamer trilogy? Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> so many. The biggest one is the lady with the dark hair and blue eyes, uh-huh. which we'll talk about in detail later. And the second biggest one for me, which is a theory that I'm not even sure that you and I have talked about yet, 
But it feeds into one of my biggest hypotheses about what the Dreamer trilogy will have. Uh-huh. And that is a piece of art that she didn't like leaned against the wall. Yeah. And I was like, okay, the art forgery theory. <laughs> <laughs> like that is my biggest theory about what the dreamer trilogy might be about or uh-huh. the kind of the a- illegal activity that right. Ronan might get up into and I was like ooh ooh <laughs> <laughs> how about you what hints did you feel were um, dropped I think we're gonna see the woman who broke into the barns the black haired blue eyed mm-hmm. woman come back as an antagonist okay I think, I think we're gonna see that okay i think we'll see adam and ronan dealing more with adam being in school in a way right i think we'll see the new caves water which will lead us to seeing ronan grow as a dreamer and a character right and it could lead to some interesting character development for opal as well as she continues to learn to navigate between the animal and the dream world very cool yeah 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 okay i did not put this in our notes because i wanted it to be a surprise because okay. i do this to you every single special episode <laughs> Okay. I bring up something that you do not know that I'm going to bring up. So in episode zero, our introductory episode, we had what were our hopes for the Dreamer trilogy? I would like to revisit those hopes and give like a thumbs up if we think that those hopes are still valid or a thumbs down. (laughs) We don't think it's actually going to happen based on what this is. So how do you feel about these following statements that you made about your hopes for the Dreamer trilogy? (laughs) I want to see more Pinch. I want to see more Opal. Uh, That's a definite double (laughs) thumbs up. Okay, that's going to happen. Uh-huh. Okay. Your second statement was, I want the Dreamer trilogy to make me love Ronan. It very well could. You don't love him yet? Okay, okay. I do love Ronan. (laughs) Oh, yes! Yes! I love all the characters. All right. But you didn't. You didn't love Ronan. <laughs> I listened to episode zero yesterday and I was like, Shannon does not like Ronan. I mean, she likes him, but not that much. <laughs> All right. The analysis has helped. Me standing Ronan has helped. <laughs> well, here are mine. So uh, you can also, since I know what they are, I'm not surprising myself here. You can also thumbs up or thumbs down if you think that these are going to happen. So my statement was, there's a reference to Declan's line to the gray man about his grandfather possibly being, or the gray man tells Declan that his grandfather possibly was killed by the gray man, blah, 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 blah. There was like a weird hint about that. And I said, I would love a backstory about the lynches. Yeah. Do we feel like that's going to happen? Mm -hmm. Thumbs up on that. I said, I want Ronan to travel to Ireland and learn about his family or an explanation of the genetics of dreamers. That could happen. We're looking. Yeah, it's kind of a halfway. It's kind of a halfway. I do believe that Maggie has said that when she went to Ireland, it was partially research. Uh-huh. So I am like, okay, 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 okay. That's close. And I said, Ronan sucked into the black market stuff which I think could possibly mm-hmm. happen with art forgery. And I believe, although I didn't look it up, isn't Sunduck an art dealer? Yes. So I could see possibly if she got in on that as well. Uh-huh. One of my other ones was Adam to work with old world ley lines or work with more priestesses and druids and connect caves water to other places like it. The connecting might happen. I just want Adam to go to Ireland. Yes. <laughs> and then... My deep-seated, most important, was I want Adam to have a motorcycle. (laughs) This is so important to me. 
And that we don't get any like. Well, okay. So we recorded episode zero like in end of July, early August. Yeah. Since we recorded that episode. So it took us like two months almost to release that episode in September. Since that episode, Maggie has posted photos of motorcycles. Will okay, it might Adam happen. get a motorcycle? I'm not sure. I'm gonna somebody's gonna somebody, get one. somebody's gonna have a motorcycle. I really, really want it to be Adam because it makes a ton of sense. Uh-huh. But it may or may not. So yes on motorcycles. Maybe on Adam. Possibly no on it being Adam. And then I said, I want sexy cars, sexy girls, and sexy explosions. And <laughs> we have confirmation that those things will be happening in the Dreamer Trilogy. <laughs> All right. Sexy girls, though? The girl gang. There's oh. going to be a girl gang. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a girl gang. <laughs> okay. Was there anything else that you wanted to add about mm. stuff in the Dreamer Trilogy? Yeah, I'm good. All right, then. Favorite scene, detail, or quote? Oh, jeez. <laughs> there are so many. I showed you my ebook yes, earlier today. Yeah. It is literally 90% highlighter and notes. Mm-hmm. If I have to pick one thing, I really, I really, really, <laughs> I really, really love the fact that it's Opal who figures out what's wrong with Ronan. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and that she's the one who knows how to save him. Yeah. And because she's been so torn of like who she is and where she belongs during the whole story. And it finally clicks there. And that whole scene at the end is just like, Ugh. oh, that oh whole... my God. Yes. Yes. There is one beautiful quote that I didn't write down about finally turning his ship to the shore of solutions or something like uh-huh. that. I'd have to look it up. So I actually picked more than one. Well, I, mean, I have a few oh. as well, but okay. But we'll we can go, ta- back, we we'll can go back and forth. Yeah. Okay. So two Kavinsky related things that tied together. Oh, okay. Actually. Adam bringing up Kavinsky for Ronan. We know that Adam doesn't care about Kavinsky through his own admission, but he seems to show that he understands that the time with Kavinsky was a formative experience for Ronan. Uh-huh. And what's more, he's not rubbing it in Ronan's face. Right. At the time when he mentions Kavinsky, he is presenting it as what he's hoping is a comfort. Right. He makes it just a simple statement. And then also Ronan, when he says something about Caveswater being a one-stop shopping experience, Uh very much made me think of Kavinsky saying, Walmart can't make TVs all night. And kind of that he was saying, you go in, you steal from the store, you come out. And so it just kind of made me think Mm. of that. You? Specific scenes, even though it like tore my heart out and stomped on it, the scene where Opal finds Cloud, Cloud Lady. Wa- Cloud Lady. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, it's it just totally ripped my heart yeah. out. Very sad. Mm-hmm. I also loved Chainsaw Opal sibling rivalry. Yes, I was thinking about that. <laughs> okay. They're so very much sisters. Yeah, and then. <laughs> One of her thoughts was only having to share with Chainsaw, who Opal resented hugely and sometimes daydreamed of eating. Yes. And I, I, like, know, Opal, I have a note. I have a note. Okay, which of us haven't dreamed of, like, eating our siblings? Well, oh. <laughs> specifically eating my siblings? Well, not, not, okay, maybe not specifically eating. Okay. But. I have definitely daydreamed of, like, pushing them off a cliff. <laughs> Or otherwise disposing of their bodies in some way that, you know, 
I'm not sure I ever dreamed of eating them. Yet, when Ronan is being unmade, they huddle together. Right. Which is also a very sibling Mm -hmm. type of thing. I also loved this scene in Opal's out with the sleeping cattle. Uh-huh. And she <laughs> climbs on them like she's riding like into she's battle. she's going into war. And yeah. like, oh, I love it. <laughs> she's playing. <laughs> yeah, specific <clears throat> lines. Any of Opal's Ronanisms just crack me up, as we've talked about before. Yeah. The ship box is my favorite. <laughs> yes, yeah. I loved yeah. Ronan likely quoting his parents with, you know, your head's going to fall off and it's only going to be your fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then go outside and catch 20 fireflies and don't come back until you've got 20 fireflies. <laughs> I mean, you know that Aurora's was like, out, out, out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also really loved the simple interaction between Adam and the Foxway ladies. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, the, did you think you lost everything when Kate's oh. water died? Oh. Yes. Oh. And I'm just like... Oh, I'm going to cry just thinking about it. I was like, purposefully yes. had it blocked out. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, it's okay. Just <laughs> It's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, just that little, like, just <sighs> gives you such an in-depth, like... <sighs> from an outside perspective but you get like this you utterly are dialed into how adam is feeling oh man yeah and it's like what his fears and yeah so good it's Mm -hmm. so good (laughs) and one of my favorite details was ronan's wings yes (laughs) i knew you would love that (laughs) you knew i would love that yeah (laughs) of course i would love that (laughs) i hate falling uh-huh. And I think that will be super fun. Yeah. I also loved sometimes the way you are can be a real pain. Yeah. It's a really cute one. Mm-hmm. And I do have a random weird question. Mm-hmm. Why does Opal call the Foxway ladies the ladies with the bread? You know, they just eat bread. <laughs> I guess. <That's, laughs> I guess so. No, that's pretty much it. They just come over and eat bread. <laughs> Maybe they bake Persephone's recipes. I don't know. Maybe they do. Who knows? Yeah. Here, I've got the book. Yeah, it just says, and the ladies who came and ate bread at the dining room table while pushing tarot cards around in circles. Right. So apparently they eat bread. <laughs> and therefore they are the ladies who eat bread like he was Coca-Cola t-shirt, I guess. Mm-hmm. I wonder which ones it is. Like, so Kala and Kala, do you think anybody else comes? Probably not. I don't see Gwent the end coming. Mm-hmm. All right, are we ready for the next section? Are. So we're going to talk about some specific details the first one, who do you think was the man who drove halfway down the drive before turning around? My mind immediately went to Adam's dad. Mm. I mean, like, my note there was like, that's right, asshole, keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My first thought was that it was Declan. Oh. And he was coming to check up on Ronan or the Barnes, but changing his mind as soon as he saw his childhood home. That's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. The problem with that is it would only make sense if Opal didn't get a good look at him, which is possible. And I did have to go back and confirm that Opal had met Declan and Matthew during Ronan's birthday at the barn. So she was there. So she would know what both of them looked like and felt like. Mm -hmm. So the fact that she doesn't say that he feels dream fuzzy would make me sad for Declan. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thought that I had had was that it might be the gray man coming back to That's check up on point. them. I forget. Does it say what kind of car it is? Like, I seem to remember it being a pickup truck. No, it doesn't say at all. It okay. just says drove down the, and we can confirm, right, right. drove down and then backed out. And like, it could simply be a red herring. 
It could simply Uh just be a precursor to the woman showing up. It could just simply be someone who was driving up a country road, realized they were coming up to someone's house and backed out. Right. Having no relevance on the story whatsoever. Who do you think the woman who broke into the barns might be? So initially when I was first reading, I thought it was Gwynthian. Really? Yeah, because she has black hair and pale skin. I even went back and confirmed Gwynthian's eyes and they're gray. Oh. So it says the woman's gray eyes rolled up to look at her in chapter 28 of Blue Lily, Lily Blue. Mm-hmm. I thought that until the scene where she sits in Aurora and Niall's bedroom and says, damn you. Uh-huh. Because I was like, okay, she has to be a lynch. Because yeah. damn Niall, this mm-hmm. woman doesn't approve of him and she's my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so my first thought was that it might be Henry's mom. Mm. She knows Niall's gone. Right. And so she would be very much be one to come and try to see what she could find. Right. But then I was like, oh, dark hair and blue eyes. And I'm pretty sure that. Yeah. We don't mm. get a physical description. I mean, we do see Sunduck on page with the gray man at the auction for the demon. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember what her physical description, if any, is given. I mean, she right. could have pale eyes. She could. You know, she's psychic now. Yeah, so she I mean, could it, potentially a... have fuzzy dreamer energy because yeah. of something that happened to her. But yeah, like the blue eyes, which seemed less likely to be someone of Asian descent. Right. And the fact that they sat on the bed and were like basically cursing Niall out. <laughs> like we all want to. Uh, <laughs> Every um, single yeah, one and, of us. And the fuzzy dream energy thing. Right. Like, yeah, that. So I'm like pretty sure it's a lynch. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And I don't know that we've actually met them yet. No, we wouldn't have. We haven't met any mm-hmm. other lynches at all. Uh, but I can almost guarantee you they're going to come back in the Dreamer trilogy. Uh, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, Opal talks about Ronan being the only person she's felt that's both animal and dream stuff. Uh-huh. And this does make me feel particularly sad because, like I said, especially in reference to Declan, this means right. that he's not any dream stuff. And... Mm-hmm. uh I kind of hope mm -hmm. this does not confirm a certain fan theory regarding Declan and Aurora. Uh, I don't want that to be true. All right. Theories about the psychopomps as described in the Raven cycle and how they tie into dreamers. Opal kind of explains it at least partly. Yeah. They're part of their dreamer and they're designed to keep them safe. Right. They're there to let the dreamer dream to their fullest. Right. And it seems like Opal had as much, if not more, control over Ronan's dreams than Ronan did. At least until he got control of his dreams. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The quote was, moreover, she was not just dream stuff. She was excellent dream stuff. Uh A psychopomp designed to save Ronan again and again ever since he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And my question is, who designed her? Did Ronan design her or did the dreaming design her? Because there are times when Cave's Water actually gives Ronan things that right. he needs. Like Cave's Water gives Ronan chainsaw and mm-hmm. Cave's Water gives Ronan the puzzle box that he needs to decode the will. Mm-hmm. And those are things that Ronan doesn't know he needs, but Cave's Water has given him. And mm-hmm. so... For me, the biggest question is really like, I think I even presented it at the last episode. Was Opal an entity outside of Ronan before she became involved with Ronan's dreaming? Right. 
This seems to say no, that she is tied specifically to Ronan's dreaming. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's still a fine line there. Like she mm-hmm. might she might have be been an point. external entity, yeah. correct? Except she specifically says that basically like if Ronan dies, she dies. Just like. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, but she's out of the dream now. Oh, that's true. So it may not be that way right. if she was in the dream. Mm-hmm. We don't know. And then my theory has always been that Aurora was likely Niall's psychopomp. Yeah, I was going to mention that in the... Yeah, there's an early Mm. draft where Ronan, named Sean at the time, is reading Niall's journal. And he says, Niall is writing, I managed to bring back a toaster this time with Aurora's help. And then it goes on to describe other things that he has brought back. Mm -hmm. And then the last line that Maggie posted was, I brought back Aurora. She's real. She can't remember anything of the dreams. Of course, these are past drafts. Things change. But that's always led me to think that Aurora probably was his psychopomp. Mm-hmm. And this is especially poignant with Yeats's The Stolen Child posted over their bed, <laughs> which is a story about a child being taken from one world to another with very dreamlike imagery. Right. It's the come away ye human child. Mm-hmm. I have a quote there. We seek for slumbering trout and whispering in their ears, give them unquiet dreams, leaning softly out from ferns that drop their tears over the young streams. Mm. Do you have anything else about the psychopomps? Um, I have a couple of other things. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I did get a little bit, not deep divey, but a, a little bit into sort of the mythology of psychopomps because the mythological definition of a psychopomp is a guide for the souls of the dead. Right. And ravens are an incredibly common psychopomp mm-hmm. throughout various cultures. But I also, in my research, found, interestingly enough, that the Aurora Borealis is tied to the dead souls in several native Uh. cultures and is either an entity that is a psychopomp or a road that the souls travel Travel. Mm. or some sort of energy that the dead souls are attracted to. Uh. And there were like 15 or so different myths that I kind of were on some websites that I looked at. A quote from one article stated, For the Cree, the Aurora ties in with their belief in the circle of life in which the dead are not completely separated from their loved ones and will constantly look for ways to communicate with them. Obviously, there are other things that Aurora represents. Uh I'm not saying this is something Maggie intended, but I do find it an interesting coincidence. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all I got for that. Why do you think Opal doesn't change even when she's in the animal world? So this for me ties in with the dreaming. So Mm -hmm. Opal never changed in all of the time that Ronan has known her. Right. And one of the quotes is, Orphan girl had haunted his sleep for as long as he could remember. A forlorn little creature with a white skull cap pulled over her white blonde pixie cut. He thought she had been older once, but maybe he had been younger. Mm-hmm. I just think, really, that is her nature. And being pulled into the animal world just fundamentally has not changed uh-huh. how Opal is constructed. If she has always been the same age throughout the dreaming, Uh she will always remain the same age. Right. Whereas someone like Matthew, who was pulled out to be a baby brother that was pulled out to be more human, Mm -hmm. would then have human-like characteristics. Right. 
my thoughts were that it kind of ties into her liminality mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. She's between two things. When you're talking about Chainsaw and Matthew, they both change and grow, but Opal doesn't. Right. And I think that's because Chainsaw and Matthew are both much less connected to and cognizant of being dream things than Opal is. That's possible, too, because uh, she is a very specific type uh-huh. of dream thing. Yeah, they were created for different reasons. Right. The other two were created because Ronan wanted something or someone to love and protect. Right. And Ronan, subconsciously, at least with Matthew, wanted to see them grow mm-hmm. and, like, to see his work progress. Right. Basically. And Opal is there to be a protector. She's the stability and the chaos of his dreamscape. Yeah. She's something that stays the same, something right. that he can rely on. Yeah. And again, this loops back to who created her. Uh-huh. She says she was designed who, right. who designed her? Mm-hmm. So we don't know. We don't yeah. know yet. And that question also made me think of the question that you asked earlier. Was Aurora... Right. Niles... Niles uh, Psychopomp. Yeah. That has been my theory all along. That's my guess. All right. This was one of your questions. It is. Is Adam actually psychic? Did he show signs of it before Caves Water? I'm not actually sure that I saw anything of it before because, like, he's such a skeptic. Right. And, yeah. And he wants to believe. He, like, he wants it, but... I think um, he wants it for Gansey's yeah. sake. That's why it totally makes sense to me that he would think that his magic would go away with Cave's Water. Cave's Water, water right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my answer for that was he is actually psychic. Uh-huh. Did he show signs of it before Cave's Water? No. Unless you count his uncanny intuition. Oh, that's right. Because there are often times when Adam is making leaps of logic that would not necessarily be there. Uh Uh-huh. Unless you had some sort of supernatural sense. Is that just he's incredibly smart and can put puzzles Mm. together faster than other people? Absolutely. Is that possibly what a psychic is? Absolutely. Uh I mean, it's really all just on what your definition of how someone who is psychic might actually work. Right. And I, 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 can, I can't count the number of times in the past two or three episodes that we've been like, Adam just gets it. Adam gets it. He knows. <laughs> There's something there. He's putting mm. the pieces together. Right. Does he have a supernatural, in quotes, nudge? Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. And then the next thing I said was making the bargain with Caveswater, but most importantly, his apprenticeship with Persephone. Yeah. Unlocked what may have been hidden potential. Uh-huh. Because after all, Persephone took Adam. Adam on what could be described as an almost shamanistic trip to the underworld or the spirit realm. And though we haven't touched on this yet because it hasn't happened in the narrative, Mm -hmm. it left him transformed and more able to cope with his newfound abilities. Mm -hmm. I also find it interesting that mythologically, Persephone is also a psychopomp. Yes. And so are bees, by the way. Bees? Bees are one of the insects or an insect that is a symbolic psychopomp. Huh. Did you have anything to add on that one? Nope. All right. What do you think Gansey called about that made Ronan cry? I don't think it's the what of Gansey's call that made Ronan cry. Mm -hmm. But just the fact of it. Because Gansey is described as being ebullient on the other end. A bullion patter. And yet Ronan is left behind. Uh And yes, it's by his own choice. But his best friend is out there having adventures with new people. Right. And Ronan, much as he looks hard on the outside, is soft and damaged and fiercely loyal to his friends. Mm -hmm. And he's facing the reality that the man he loves will be leaving him soon. 
And Gansey, his brother, has left. His real brothers are not there. And he's going to be alone. And it's exactly that thing that he was afraid of. At the very beginning of The Raven Boys, uh-huh. everybody's leaving him. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Is he strong enough to deal with it at this point? Obviously, he's going to have problems. <laughs> yeah. What was your... Yeah, what you said actually makes a lot more sense. Okay. But I was like, maybe Gainsey was visiting his family and just hearing the connection that Gainsey was having with his family just made Ronan really miss it. Yeah. Or maybe it's just the fact that, like, talking to Gansey reminds that the ley line in Caveswater saved Gansey, but not Ronan's parents. Yeah, there's that, uh, too. You know, It could yeah. have been, like, even something a, yeah. simple like that. There's a lot that he could be thinking about when it comes to Gansey. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to note, that if the Dreamer trilogy is taking place over the next year, which, with one of the excerpts that Maggie posted, it seems to imply that it'll happen around when Ronan's 19, maybe 20 at the oldest... It actually cleverly removes Gansey and Blue and Henry from the narrative due to their road trip. Huh. So expect, I expect anyway, that the Dreamer trilogy will not physically or maybe very rarely physically have Gansey or Blue or Henry Uh because they're gone for a year. That's literally what they did. They left on a road trip for a year. And so if that's the time period the Dreamer trilogy happens, they're not going to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think was going through Ronan's head as he was standing in front of his parents' room? My thoughts were like, what was on the mixtape? Maybe his parents or his dad, at least, were performing on it. Mm -hmm. And maybe he had found it and was listening to it. And it just brought back memories. Yeah, it could have been music stuff. I didn't Uh think about that. Um, I mean, I I knew music, but not his family. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it might have even just, it could have been having one of those moments where you were like, I should really talk to mom and dad about, oh. Yeah, yeah." that's kind of what I had. (laughs) Yeah, I said, I'm not sure, because obviously he's standing in a hallway holding a tape. Uh And my thought was, just as an intuition, basically, that he was holding the mixtape that he made for Adam. Ah, And that it's a reminder of kind of falling in love with Adam and that it may have struck him that his parents aren't around to see him fall in love. Yeah. And that he may be wondering if he'll be in love like they are or they were. Mm. And, you know, that obviously is overwhelming. Yeah. I also find it interesting that that's the one thing that Opal can't bring herself to look at. Yeah, the sorrow. Mm. Kind of the sorrow and the comfort. We had a question. Oh, you had one more about calling Fox Way? Oh, yeah. That was just a like a yes or no question because I didn't remember. Oh. The running suggests calling Fox Way during the climax. Yeah, but it's actually the opposite. Adam suggests they call Foxway and Ronan is dismissive oh, yeah. of it. So you said, did they call Foxway at the end of the Raven King? No, but they were there at the end of the Raven King. Oh, yeah. Because that's where Ronan basically stayed outside in his car and Adam came out and like sat in the car next to him. Right. So I have a feeling okay. that it was just a reference to that. Okay. So we had a question from Anonymous on Tumblr. The basic question was... Thoughts on the Barnes as the end game for Ronan or not? Can and should he stay there forever? Will he want to? Is it good for him and Adam and Opal? Okay, so short answer. Yeah. I think it's good for Ronan, okay for Opal, and probably tough for Adam. Mm-hmm. Longer version. I feel like Ronan needs the stability that the Barnes brings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's that hardship that we talked about of, like, everyone is leaving. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like Ronan needs the Barnes. He needs to feel connected to his home and his family and his abilities. Right. He physically has to dream, as we find out in the story. Right. And the Barnes is probably the safest place for him to do that. Because uh-huh. it's set up for that, basically. Right. Um, well, it was dreamed. Mm-hmm. Opal needs somewhere where she can be liminal, where she can be both dream and animal. Mm-hmm. And the Barnes is good for that, too. But honestly, I think she'll end up spending a lot of her time in the new cave's water. Right. Adam's a different story because he wants and needs so much to be somewhere else away from Henriette. Right. Like, he needs to experience the world. And coming to the Barnes is settling down. Right. And while Ronan is good for Adam, very much so they're very good for each other, Adam needs to experience the world for a little while. Right. Yes, I would agree. Yeah, so that's basically my take on it. Okay. My take has several layers. Uh, Okay. (laughs) All right. Because I've thought a lot about this. (laughs) This is going to be the short version. Short, short version, which is long. (laughs) First... Do I see Adam and Ronan retired at 60 years old, living at the barns? Ronan with a pot belly, Adam with a bald spot? <laughs> I hope so. Aww. <laughs> to me, that is what endgame means. Uh-huh. Like, could they, when they're 60, be at the barns? However, point the second, we have to account for the meta story. So we know that there are three more books coming out and they just simply cannot all happen at the barns. Right. So Ronan will have to leave and interact with the outside world. That's just the way novels work. Right. And some version of setting scope creep is going to be inevitable in that. Mm -hmm. We had a fairly contained setting for the Raven Cycle. I would anticipate that the setting scope will actually get bigger for the Dreamer trilogy. One would hope that it gets bigger Mm -hmm. for the Dreamer trilogy. Whether that means that he'll move closer to Adam, closer to Declan, make his own home somewhere else, travel back and forth. I'm not sure. We'll find Mm. out. So he's going to have to leave the barns. Right. But I think ultimately the real answer that is kind of the heart of the question Uh lies with a third point where there's a false dichotomy in the fandom that Adam and or Ronan have to sacrifice their dreams or happiness in order to ensure that the other person is happy. Mm, That's true. And that really isn't true. You're right. And maybe that would have been true of an Adam and Ronan from the Raven Boys, but that's not true of Adam and Ronan from the Raven King. Right. And shifts in their thoughts, so dare I say character growth, Uh actually is already represented in their narration in the Raven King. Mm. Adam thinks... He hadn't felt the fire on his heels for a long time. Ah. There was no longer the understood second half of the statement and never coming back. Mm. And Ronan thinks, I'm not asking him to stay, Ronan thought, only to come back. Right. So it's already presented that they have made those decisions. Mm -hmm. Adam can go. Ronan wants him to go. That was a big part of Ronan wanting Adam to take the car. You're going, Uh you're leaving. And Adam's like, no, I'm not. If you are in trouble, I'm not leaving you. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's what partnerships are like. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that's not a decision that they have to make. Right. And Ronan also says in the short story, we're not always going to be around, especially by the end of the year. Uh-huh. To and me, that very much implies that, that he plans on leaving the barns quite a bit, at least quite a bit, to be with Adam. Mm-hmm. So, barns as endgame, 
Barnes as 60-year-old retired Ronan and Adam? <laughs> yeah, sure. Barnes as 20-year-olds? Probably a great home base. Probably mm-hmm. a great stable, like you said, force in Ronan's life. Barnes as soul setting for the Dreamer trilogy? Just yeah. not going to happen. And people do have perfectly functional, healthy relationships when one person travels a lot. Yeah. Or one person stays at home. They don't have to compromise who they are to make that work. Right. It's not black and white. It's not a dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Now, as for Opal, with the last line of the story, she says, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, implies she's pretty much going to return to Caveswater. Yeah. So will she even be a part of the Dreamer trilogy is a question for me at this point. I think yes. Yeah, I think we'll see her. I think we'll see her as well. I think she may appear at times, but it actually gives some narrative convenience to uh-huh. Opal not being in the story. Right. And not having that be a tie to the barns where Ronan has to stay there. Right. Opal has now made the decision that she's willing to live in Caveswater, live in the dreaming again. Uh-huh. And that frees Ronan up to do what he needs to do in mm-hmm. the future. Last point. (laughs) (laughs) Told you. I love this question. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I said I have opinions. (laughs) Last point. Ronan seems to have achieved his ultimate goal at the Barnes, which was a mud pit to drive around in circles. (laughs) That was all he wanted at the Barnes, and he has achieved it. Therefore, he can go elsewhere now. Like, that's okay. He's achieved his dreams. (laughs) Is there going to be a place like this in Caveswater? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Anything else that you want to add? Uh, No, I think we've... We've fucking talked for a long time. (laughs) It's a long time. so much. I know. There was too much. I did want to wrap up with a couple of other things, most of which... It's just going to be me talking, but I wanted to touch on some controversy that surrounded the Opal short story. And yeah, I'm kind of being flippant with that word. But one of the things was a section of the fandom kind of exploded at Maggie because she tweeted, look, okay, a trash eating satyr is a pet. And people were just flipping out. And Shannon and I have had arguments uh, or our definition of arguments, (laughs) which is... I don't agree with you. (laughs) Pretty much. That's how we argue. Over whether dream people are real people. (laughs) Yes, they are. Shannon falls on the side of yes, they are. (laughs) I fall on the side of no, they are not. They are constructs of a dream. So fandom has chosen to interpret Opal as a human child. And hey, I love that too. And put Ronan and Adam in parental roles or as her parents literally adopting her. And that works fine in fanfic. And I love it. It's a great trope. I absolutely adore it. I'm with you 100%. It has to be understood that it's not textually supported that way. (laughs) So in, for example, in chapter seven of The Raven King, the quote is, the dream creature, the dream creature was a girl. She was not. She was an orphan. They were not parents. Uh, like in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, you know what? Like 12 words. <laughs> Opal's defined. Their relationship to Opal is defined. Mm-hmm. 
And then there was kind of a recent huge kerfluffle, or it seemed huge, online about the supposed pinch smut scene. Okay, so Shannon's giving me an odd look. The pinch smut scene where Opal is watching Adam and oh, Ronan have that. sex. No, no, she's not. I know. And so it was so mind-boggling to me. And we were lucky enough to get the story really early. And we had already read it by the time the kind of the uproar started. And it was like entirely made up of people who had not read the story and had just seen a tiny little excerpt where it's implied that they may be having physical contact of some kind. Like snuggled (laughs) under the blankets. Well, there's the Adam unbuckles Ronan's belt. Oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but that's it. It's not explicit. It's not smut. It's like, that is the end of the scene. And... Mm -hmm. And people, even after having read it, expressed that they were uncomfortable with the fact that it was her POV. Understandable. I think we're supposed to be uncomfortable with the fact that Opal's watching them Uh without them knowing that Uh she's watching them. That super creepy Opal, stop doing that. Yeah, like you are not supposed to be watching someone. But (laughs) she had no lust because Rona didn't dream any for her. Right. And she had no she also had no uh, shame. Shame because Rona didn't dream any of that for her either. Right, but people did not have that context. Uh-huh. People were literally taking like this tiny little two sentence piece out and interpreting it wildly out of context to mean that apparently like they forced her to watch them have sex. Yeah. No, that is and that is absolutely not, what, not happened. what happens at all. So I just kind of wanted because I knew that you would not you would not have seen any of this go down online. Yeah, I just want to say We present our theories. We present our opinions on these books. Our opinions could be wrong. Our opinions may not be the opinions that you have about these books. We try to be respectful of everyone's opinions. We all also have to realize there's a theory called the death of the author, (laughs) which is that an author's interpretation of their own works is no more or less valid than the interpretation of any reader. So if it really bothers you that Maggie says something like Opal's a pet, that's fine. Let it go. (laughs) Just let it go. And I'm not trying to lecture. Like, I understand. Mm -hmm. I love these characters so much. And I know that there are things that people say that upset me. But, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've got a most valuable character. Sure. (laughs) I, do you want to go first or do you want me to go? Let's say it at the same time. Do you have do, one? I mean, it would have to be Opal. Opal. <laughs> I mean, it can't be anybody but Opal. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to put that out there. Okay. I, my note was Opal. Duh. <laughs> yeah. No, she was pretty great. Obviously, it's 100% Opal. Maggie, watch. <laughs> Maggie will have several upcoming appearances, though she has canceled quite a few commitments to take care of her health. 
but there are two upcoming on Friday, March 23rd, 2018. She will be in New York, New York for the New York City Teen Author Festival. And that will be happening at Barnes and Noble on the Upper West Side. So definitely check out the schedule at nyctaf.com. And then she will also be at Bowling Green, Kentucky for, I have no idea what this stands for, S-O-K-Y, obviously something Kentucky, Book Fest on Friday, April 20th, 2018. There are also details at SOKYBookFest.org, or you can go to MaggieStevotter.com slash appearances. And then we just had a couple of supporter shout outs. We got a great review on iTunes that basically was saying that we've brightened your morning commute. So that was awesome. Very sweet. Very, very sweet. And... Reviews definitely help us. They really do. We can see a jump in traffic whenever someone leaves a rating or a review. Uh-huh. It bumps us significantly every single time something like that comes through. Uh-huh. We do actually appreciate those because mm-hmm. it means that we get promoted internally through iTunes to more listeners. But thank you so much for that. And then Corvid Kids, and Shannon, you are correct. I love the name. (laughs) Sent us an amazing email that warmed the heart. And they've been passing on our posts on Tumblr so that new Mm -hmm. listeners can find us. So thank you very, very much. Yes, it was very, very nice to talk to you. Awesome. And with that. Yep, with that, we will close up. Thanks for joining us today. Our next episode will cover chapters 27 through 30 of The Raven Boys with a deep dive on tropes of ghost stories, which is going to be a lot of fun. Which is going to be a lot of fun. However, as usual, our recording schedule is several weeks ahead of time. So follow us online for announcements of what chapters we'll be covering next. And please send us your thoughts. We would absolutely love to have your contributions to the conversation, much like we got one today. Questions, theories, fan casts, etc. Yeah, and you can find us practically everywhere on social media at Raven Girls, R-A-V-I-N-G-I-R-L-S. On Twitter at Raven Girls, on Tumblr at ravengirls.tumblr.com, Facebook at facebook.com slash ravengirls, and reach us directly at ravengirls at gmail.com. And you can reach me at substanceparty.tumblr.com or via Gmail at substanceparty with all of the A's taken out, S-U-B-S-T-N-C-E-P-R-T-Y at gmail.com. If we have referenced a post or article in the podcast, we will do our very best to include source links to those in the show notes, The Raven Cycle, Opal Short Story, and all affiliated properties are copyright Maggie Steve and Scholastic Incorporated. We hope you've enjoyed today's special episode, and until next time, whoop whoop Raven Girls! <laughs> <laughs>I don't know. I mean... High anxiety. High anxiety. I mean, the special episodes are always fun and relaxed. Yeah. I'm always like, but I want to talk about so The entire story. Oh my gosh. It sets up so much and it... Oh, Lord. Like, okay, like, winnow some shit down. Yeah, basically, like... (laughs) Like, pick. Pick and choose. You can't cover everything. Can't do it. (laughs) Not gonna do it. Wouldn't be prudent. (laughs) Let's get going. Let's get going.
We can do this. <laughs> can we? I don't know. Yes, yes, can we can. We? Yes. I believe it's, in us. I believe in us. High five. Woo. Okay. <laughs> Actually. I don't know what's going on in my mouth. <laughs> Combine that with <laughs> I believe it is high five. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> what is wrong with us today? I don't know. I don't oh my god. Okay. <laughs>